Blog Talk Radio. Well, here we are, Dad, again, and this is our second show. Super excited about it. Uh, have uh, had some good feedback on your show last week, and, and this is something you and I are working on together. And my father and I, for today, have decided to call this show God Coaching. Uh, and my dad made the most wonderful comment. He said, God's always coaching. Sometimes he's always he's got to hit you in the head to get you to pay attention. Yeah, I know. That, that's me sometimes, Dad. But I appreciate everything that you shared with me when I was growing up and what you shared with me now. And I know you've got something wonderful to share with us today. So welcome, and I'm glad you're speaking. Anyway, take it away. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. Uh, you know, I'm a little remiss. I hope everybody that listens will enjoy what I gotta say, but I try not to do what I've gotta say. What God lays it on my heart to say. But now regardless of that, you know, I started a little last week in Genesis. Genesis is the beginning. And this is where we are today in the beginning. But I failed to maybe didn't discuss it clearly so I'll try again. You know, our Creator could have immediately released everything there is to know about His creation from the beginning, but He didn't. You wonder why He didn't? Could it be why? that He enjoys a good mystery? He enjoys a good mystery. Perhaps <laughs> here's the, he see, he sees value in progress of scientific investigation. What did I say? Scientific investigation. He wants us to investigate his creation. On the other hand, some mysteries don't have don't have to be a mystery, but remain mysterious to those under, who are trying to understand God's word of, without knowledge of God Himself. In essence, God has to be admitted that He's truthful, that He's real. How many of us don't believe that God is real? Wow. We may there's, not find the answers. What? I said, there's people out there uh, that don't believe he's real, right? I mean, that, that's true. I, you know, I had a person say to me today, "If this is if this is so easy, why doesn't everybody like, connect with God and accept Jesus?" I was like, "Yep, that's all you have to do." But anyway, I'm sorry, Dad. Go ahead, because we'll save time for questions later. But thank well, you. That's all right. Uh, we may not find the answer to everything there is to know about creation. You know, creation will cause you problems. Uh, scientific study today shows that the Earth is a million years old. It's 10 million years old. It's infinite in its growth. But God said he created all in 10, 10 days, uh, 10,000 years ago. Created all in six days, and seven days he rested. So I, forgive me for making that mistake. We don't understand that, but we read. There's another book called Romans. For those that don't believe, that doesn't know what a Bible is. It's, uh, Bible. The Roman says that you can look at the earth around you, and it will give you evidence there is a God. I was reading something today about. Uh, Mosquito eggs. Everybody like mosquito eggs, and he shows the intricacy of that mosquito egg and how it developed. I was reading another article about uh, spiders. All those things that give you 
faith that there is a God, God, how can something be so relevant in this in this hidden form and not be of God? But that's not what I'm going to talk about today. I want to know this, that God is real. We uncover his mysteries. We know that God is mysterious. He doesn't have to be, but he wants you to look and see. He wants you to understand. But let's talk about Noah, because that's where we stand. I'm not going. I'm not going to go through the Bible each and every week or whatever he allows me to speak. But Ham, Ham, Sham, and Japheth—who are they? They're Noah's three children. They're putting on the ark, built the ark, kept them build the ark. Took about seventy-five years to build it. He didn't have hammer and saws and levels. <laughs> he built it with crude, crude materials. And Ham had a wife, Sham had a wife, Japheth had a wife, Noah had a wife. And all the animals of the earth that God ushered aboard the ark had mates. He asked me, said, uh, well, I, I had a, about 100 Arabian horses. And uh, every day we were muck stalled. That's the reason she didn't like my horses, because she had the muck stalled. But anyway, how did they, how they clean up all the revenue? Revenue meaning, but how they clean up all the, the, the revenue from the potty. I don't know. Potty, Daddy. Potty. They had to go potty, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs> they, had, they had to go potty. But how did they, how did they clean up? Well, I'm sure the three boys didn't like it either, but they did it. In regards, regardless of it, uh, they came out of the ark after spending almost a year in there. What's the first thing Abraham, I mean, Noah did when he came out there? He planted a vineyard. Why? Yeah. Because wine was what was necessary in the days that he lived in. Everybody had a vineyard. They could afford a vineyard. What did Noah do? He harvested grapes from up with his feet. He made wine. Why did he make wine? Because it tastes good. That's why. He got drunk. Do you realize that Noah got drunk? And you know what he did then? He made love to his wife. Stripped off in his tent, made love to her. And what happened then? Well, Ham walked in. And he saw Daddy lying there, nude, making love to his wife. Sham and Japheth came in, but they backed in. Because they knew better than to come and look the frontal view of everybody and Ham was not embarrassed but he was bold and brazen Sham and Japheth walk in backwards with their robes in front of them and Noah woke up saw what happened and he cursed Ham I don't understand that but that's what happened to him Tent, and they were all not because of the, what they had seen, but they were split apart. Ham went to Africa. Sham stayed with the Jews, which are no Jews at that time, but they stayed there in the Middle East. And Japheth went to Europe. But you can find that out with the uh, scientific evidence of the heredity of it. But anyway, Japheth went to Europe. 
where the Russians are and all the European countries are, and there he began his travel. Sham stayed in the Middle East, and from that was formed Israel. Ham went to Africa. You know, the rest of it's there. But here were three guys, the only three in the earth, by the way, besides Abraham and his wife. There were three guys with three wives scattered all over with the known world. And after things happened, there's all kind of there's interesting things and stories in it, Bethel and Babylon and Tower of Babel and all of that. Along came Abraham. Who in the world is Abraham? But Abraham married his sister. Whoa. That's not good. Well, it's not good, but it was okay at the time because earth was still pure, pure, but beginning to be defiled. Abraham married his sister. He couldn't have any children. What in the world happened then? He didn't have, couldn't have children. God had made him a promise called the Abrahamic Covenant that he would be the forerunner of the entire world. No children. How is he going to have? Well, anyway, Sarah, his wife, had the bright idea. Well, I'll give my maid. She'll have a child and be like our maid. Our child. So Abraham said, you want me to sleep with that lady? And she said, yes, it's okay, go ahead. So Abraham went to her tent. She had a child they called Ishmael. Ishmael was raised about 11 years old. Sarah got pregnant in her old age. She was almost 90 years old. She got wow. pregnant. Wow. And she had a child. His name was Isaac. Well, minute she got pregnant, minute she had a child, she became mad, mean, and developed an anger towards Hagar, which is Ishmael's mother. Anyway, Abraham did what was right. He, well, what was right, I don't know, but he Abraham sent Hagar away, and God. Saw that her under a bush, and she set her child out in the side. I mean, she set her child under the bush for a wave, and she cried. And so the angel said to her, said, what are you crying for? So I blessed him beyond belief. And he did. But then, I mean, Isaac grew up. One morning, one evening, Sunset had come in after the Abrahamic covenant was here, and Abraham believed, and he was a real strong man of God. He said to Abraham, God did, Abraham, won't you go sacrifice your son? Now, you got to understand, folks, that sacrificial of children and men and women at that time was one of commonplace. Wow. So Abraham said, wow, God, how can you take my only child? But anyway, he didn't argue. Got the next morning before daybreak and got his fire going, put a smoldering thing in his, whatever they carried it in. Carried the wood. Had three servants went with him. 
and you stepped out before Sarah got up. Because Abraham was about to face the wrath of that woman. <laughs> she realized that Abraham was going to sacrifice her only son, the only son that there was in existence. And he traveled up on the mountain, and he had the three servants wait there to the side, and he took Isaac on up the mountain. And Isaac said, Daddy, I don't understand them. So what's happening to, I got wood, we have wood, we have fire. We have everything ready to go, but we don't have the sacrificial lamb. And Abraham, full of faith. Everybody know what faith is? Well, we're going to discuss it later. But Abraham had faith, and he said, Isaac, don't worry about it. God will provide. So they went up on the mountain. And how a 17-year-old kid let his father bound him up and put him on the altar. Sacrifice him. And he raised the knife up high and he started down with a knife. And something happened. He couldn't go any further. God had a hold of his arm. And he said, Abraham, stop. Now, why that young kid was there on the altar? Why wasn't he screwing the altar? Maybe he was. I don't know. Maybe he understood the ramifications of God. And Abraham couldn't couldn't lower his arm anymore. And he looked over in the bush, and there was a young ram caught in the bush. He dropped his knife down, unbound the son, took the ram, and he killed it and offered it up to God. And God said, uh, Abraham, I appreciate what you've done because you knew. I now know that you knew that he would supply the need. So Isaac wow. and his daddy come down the mountain and they were having the lark. And met the servants. I would imagine Sir met them about halfway up. That's what I understand, but it's not in the Bible. Met them about the halfway up and she said, I wanna know what what do you mean you try to sacrifice my son? Said, you dumb guy, I'm not <laughs> you're not gonna do that. But he did. He tried to sacrifice his daughter, I mean his son. And they went on about their business. Out of that, God showed Abraham to him beyond belief. By the way, Abraham did something that no one, well, I know a few people that did this or could do this, but Abraham met the Pharaoh where he was living. And he said, oh, God, what do I do now? Because believe it or not, Sarah was absolutely captivating lady. And he said, uh, honey, if they want to know who you are, tell me I'm your brother. <laughs> so wow. She, she agreed. You're my brother. He, she was not lying because he was his brother, but by a different father. No, by a different mother, excuse me. That went on twice within his life. And uh, Abraham found out they blessed him anyway and sent him on his way because <coughs> Pharaoh said, you can't do that to me. I'm not going to allow that. But she did. He did. And they went on. They had a nephew with him. His name was Lot. L-O-T. 
And Lot and Abraham's creation began to what uh, argue because their herds were vast, their money was vast, their, everything everything God had blessed them abundantly, and everything they knew was vast. And Abraham said, "Lot said, Lot, God didn't tell me to bring you out of here with me, but I brought you anyway." And now you're we're fighting our herd and herdsmen are fighting each other about water, about land, about everything. He said, You choose the way to go here or I don't choose the opposite way. But you make your first choice wherever you want to go, you go and I'll go the opposite way and we'll still be friends. And I'm sitting your uncle, you're still my nephew, and we're all right. So Lot looked out across there and saw the man and he saw the town. He did he did everything there was to know about. But remember this. Lot chose to go to the to a city with the fertile valleys and everything was perfect. And Abraham said, Well, I'll go the opposite way, which is not the best way. It turned out to be okay. Lot went to the city and he and his wife and they began to live and they were Oh man, it was awful. But a lot of things went on that said this not necessarily the right kind of way. Homosexuality was rampant. Everything was rampant. And they, I mean, it's like the United States here. We could do almost anything we want to do, and still we'll be we'll, we'll be within the law. Now we can't break the law like we're doing today, but we can do almost anything we want to do. So Abraham was sitting out there behind his beside his tent under a tree, smoking his pipe and drinking a glass of wine. He looked up and he saw three people coming. And how he recognized, I don't know, but all once he realized that one of them was the son of God. Wow. He was stop. Would you stop and have a glass of wine and fellowship with me? Sure. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna talk about? Whatever you want to talk about. Anyway, they came, they sat in their trunk, got ready to leave. A lot of story here, but I'm not going. I'll go through just that's this part. But there's a whole bit of scripture that's interesting about Abraham and his visit. He said, uh, "We're going down to uh, the city." We're going to store everybody in the city because it's lawless. What do you mean lawless? Everybody does everything. And Abraham said, whoa, let me arbitrate with you, Father. So Abraham talked to him and said, if we can find X amount of men down to, and God said, I won't, de- I won't destroy it or Christ or whatever. I was there, so I don't know whether it's God or Christ. Maybe it's both of them. Maybe Mr. Holder who of them all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, they uh, said, okay, if I could find 10 people that are religious and not be a, so crime-ridden, crime-ridden, I want this sort of city. So they agreed. Abraham said, well, praise the Lord. Thank you, son. Thank you, sir. Well, of course, when they got down there, 
find anybody. In fact, they wanted. I went to the locked door. Lot brought brought them in and locked the door. By the time they locked the door, the people knocked that door. Said, "Bring those people out. We want to have sex with them." God wow. said, "I mean, Lot said, you can't do that. Sure, I can. We will have sex with these men. We won't have sex with them." And the angels said, "Stay here, Lot." Lot said, "No, you can't go out." Oh yeah, we can. Lot said, just a minute, let me see if I can calm it down. He opened the door and he said to him, he said, listen, this is awful. Listen, I have three daughters in here, and I'll give you them. They have been never touched by a man, and I'll give them to you if you'll not hurt these angels. They didn't know they're angels. He said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. you got to give us those, those men. We want those men. No, you can't have these men. And the angels set forth and made them blind. He blinded them. And now they're threshing the door, cursing, running around, banging crazy people, and the being saved in the city. Morning time came, and they sipped out with her, Lot and his wife and his two daughters. They said to her, they said to Lot, said, get out of here fast because they're going to destroy this city. And they went out the door, went across the mountain, or through the, up toward the mountain, toward the bit another village. And Lot's wife said, "Well, I can't leave Callheimers and Macy's and Walmart and all those things. Look at all these things I'll be leaving behind." It didn't bother, they didn't bother to look back, but Lot's wife did. And God turned her into a pillar of salt. Wonder what will happen today if everyone that looked back at the fashion center would turn to their pillows. I would save a lot of money. I don't know, by the way, but they wouldn't know about their business. They went up into the mountains, went to the village for a while, and finally went up to the mountains. And there there were two daughters and Lot. And Lot said, well, honey, we're up here now. Your mother's been turned into a pillow of salt. We're here in the mountains. We'll, we'll leave when we can, but I don't know if I'll ever be able to leave. Because by that time, a volcano had erupted and it rained ashes and just completely destroyed the internal valley. As the volcano can. And there was Lot in this cave with two of his daughters. And he went to sleep. Oh, we all have to sleep, right? Anyway, he went to sleep. And uh, one daughter looked at the daughter and said, You know, we're not going to have any children. We're not going to have anything. When our father dies, it'd be just us. What are we going to do? They had no idea that they were other People in the different parts of the world across the valley was everything, but they didn't know anything about that because you know, you couldn't get in your car, they didn't have no car, by the way. They couldn't get on the fastest camel, they didn't they go to another part of the country. So they looked at each other and they said, We'll make a deal. 
We'll get our daddy drunk. And we'll make love to him. And one of the girls said, you go first. Another said, no, you go first. One was chosen. They flipped the coin. and landed on tails. That's the first that won in the end. She went in and made love to her made love to her father. He didn't know what's going on. All he felt was a woman. A good woman. And he made love to her. Two or three days later, but the second one went in. Did the same thing and he made love again. Well, you know what happened? I've had love making. They timed this right. How do women time with things? I'm a man, so I don't know. But anyway, they they made love to her father, and they got pregnant. And out of the pregnancy came two tribes that had tormented Israel, as even as of today, the Moabites, the Amorites were gotten from this pregnancy. Wow. From that time forth, they lived, came out of the mountains, lived in the valley. And they locked and his daughters and his daughter and the grandsons grand, grandsons were enrolled in a controversy with tribes of the region. And they were taken captive. Somebody told Abraham, said, you know what? Lot is captive of the tribes. So Lot said, I mean, Abraham said, well, wait a minute. We'll go capture them. So Abraham went out with a tribe, with his army. And he captured, he captured Lot and his family and everything about them. And they uh, headed back home. And there was a guy that came up the road, and he was a king, a priest. And he stopped him, and he said, uh, what's going on, man? So God, Abraham, I mean, Abraham, and looked at Abraham and said, what's going on, man? He said, well, we fought these tribes, and we got all this roughage, and we got everything that there is to know. We got my son nephew back and his wife's. And their wife and his son, the grandson. And he said, uh, We'll give you a tenth of what we offer. We have cops. He said, No, I don't want that. He said, No, I insist. If you read the book of Hebrews, that's another book in the Bible, by the way. God's name was Melchizedek, a priest and a king and a savior at the same time. They gave him a tenth of everything they had and went on back to business. There's a story here about giving to God. Melchizedek was a former of God and he was a priest of God and he was a king which is unheard of. There's no uh, translation found in the Holy Bible that tells his genealogy because he had no genealogy, had no beginning and no ending. I don't know whether he liked that or not, but that's where it was with 
Melchizedek and his crowd. They went on about their business and they developed themselves into a nation. From that nation came several venues that we'll discuss later. One in particular was a Job out of that crowd. And it's J-O-B, which is Job. <laughs> my, my niece had come to spend the summer with us. Uh, Terry's favorite person at that time was Denise, and they enjoyed fellowship, and they went through the countryside and had a heck of a good summer together. And I was teaching Sun School, and uh, <laughs> she said she knew God also. She said, What do you mean you know God? Well, it's friend in job. <laughs> we both laughed because job is called Job. Anyway, they, uh, Job was a, a very, very rich man. Rich as oh, he could be. And he, uh, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, however you want to call it, he and God were having a discussion. And he, God said, you can't tip my people. God said, "You can't. I can tempt anybody, but I can particularly pimp, tempt Job. But you got a fence around him. You won't allow me to touch him." So God said, well, "Wait a minute. What do you mean you can tempt my man? Would never, never, ever go to you. Oh, you release me from, release him from your clutches, and I guarantee I can tempt him." So God said, "You got a deal." I couldn't. I, 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 Gene Abbott don't understand that. But he, he God allowed him to test Job, and they went on about their business. Job was happy as a lark. Job was very, very rich. First of all, the devil is all he had. It didn't work. He still prayed to the Lord. But his wife, Job's wife, won't you just curse that God die? That's what we all do. We get mad, we'll curse God, curse at God. Some of us curse God. Some of us some of us don't believe in God. I'm using us to make sure that everybody understands that I was like that myself until I realized that God meant so much to me. But anyway, he did everything he could to force Job into cursing God. And you know, Job's wife was all for it. Just get rid of him. Well, that didn't work. So Job said, well, let me see what else I can do. So Lot had three sons. And his sons were very wealthy. With Job had spread his wealth out among his sons. And he just, the devil destroyed his sons, burned his house down. Got all his animals that Job had. Got everything. The camels, the sheep, the cows, everything. And there was sit Job. Had done everything he could to please the Lord, to serve the Lord, and was a godly man. They refused. The devil said to God, said, 
devil, and God said to Job, God said to the devil, so what happened, son? Well, you got to, you, you let me touch him. Let me make him sick, and he'll curse you. Uh, and then God looked at the devil in his conference, and he said, well, I don't like to do so, but you got to, you got to deal. So Job was attacked by the devil. The sores all over his body, cancers, everything that you can think about was in Job's line. He still didn't curse God. Wow. Job had three friends, and his three friends came to see him to commiserate his sorrow. And his three friends came and sat with Job. But you know, something happened at that time. And Job was there in his discomfort, in his poverty, and lost everything. And Job's three friends could not say a word. They sat by his fire for seven days and never opened their mouth. Said, well, why don't you guys say something? I'm not going through the testament of these three friends. But I told Job that he was a sinner. He had done something wrong. And God was punishing him. And Job defended himself magnificently. And he looked up when they were gone. He looked up to God and he said, God, why? What have you done this for me for? I've always served you. I loved you. I worshipped you. I give to you. Why is this? And God was mysterious. And he was quiet a little bit. Job said, well, I don't know what to do now. So he went on about his business. Complained to God, but never cursing him. Always, always understand that God was in control. So Job said, I mean, God said to Job, he said, you know, what are you crying for, son? You say you lost everything. You lost everything. You lost your friends, you've lost your sons and your daughters and your houses and your flocks of animals and, and all your riches and you've got cancer and you're eating with sores. Why, what are you getting mad at me for? And Job was hard to say anything. Job said, I know that you created heaven and earth. I know that you can do anything that you want to do. But why have you afflicted me? And the story goes of 41 chapters of Job complaining, praising, living for God. How many of us would live like that and lost everything? And God's almost in us along with it. Anyway, the story goes up, and I won't go through the, the book, but I recommend to anybody read Job, and it's a tragedy. When it says Job brought before God, God blessed him again. Here is cancer. Here are the sores. Here is surroundings. Even let his wife live. I don't know how anybody can live a wife like that, but he did. <laughs> and uh, he blessed him with sons and daughters that was even more beautiful. Blessed him with all his riches, his animals, etc. The story ends with Job with everything that he 
had was loaded up by twofold, and everything he wanted was given more, and he was a rich, happy man throughout his life. That's Job. The next book we're going to is called Ruth. R-U-T-H. To me, that is about all the Bible combined. All 66 books. So those that have read the Bible, sometimes there are 70 books, according to the doctrines of et cetera, et cetera, anybody. There can be 66, which is a normal that we have today. And the normal, again, of another religion is about 70 books. But the next book is Ruth, R-U-T-H. And the mother was called Naomi. And there was a famine in the land. Everybody know what a famine is? That's when everything gone to, to well, whatever. I use slang language I shouldn't use, so I won't use it. But there was a famine in the land. Oh, we won't go into Ruth, okay? We'll go into Ruth next time. I, I know that there's a, we don't have much time, so I think T wants to answer a question. T, you want to answer a question or something? Yeah, I do. So here's my question to you. Um, Melchizedek, was he, tell yeah. me how he fits in again? Because uh, I, I love, he, I thought he was. Tell me how he fits in in the in in the scheme of things, and so I can understand. He was a part of God. He was a the was it Jesus? He said God came, God's son came, and and was walking with the the, the strangers, right? Well, no one knows about Melchizedek except he's a priest and his king, which is unheard. Okay, but he had no genealogy. There's no. If you look through the Bible, you'll find that everybody has a genealogy that it was listed. But Kethedek was not that. All at once he appeared. And he disappeared. But he ruled for years. But there's no genealogy to him whatsoever. We don't know uh, of who. Except we know that God must have uh, left, brought it here on earth and then took him back when he wanted to. That's all I know about him. Except... He was a king and a priest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the next question is when you're when you're talking about Isaac, um, and he was he was 17 years old, and, and God sacrificing him, or uh, you know, his father sacrificing him. So you said that was the way they did things back then. Um, yep. You know, they they sacrificed children. Uh, you know, people. Um, that that is a a little not a little but that's really harsh. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that I don't know how to say it even in different. Um, did God did God want that practice or was it was it a test? Um, you know, can I is that okay to ask? Yeah, I'm not sure how why it was practiced, but it was practiced because of sin of mankind, and God allowed this practice. We remember this, without the shedding of blood, meaning giving of blood, there's no remission of sins or forgiveness for sins. God set that form of sacrifice, and they take it a step forward, and they sacrifice human beings. 
do the sacrifice human beings today? I ask you that. Do you know? Yeah, they do, Dad. They sacrifice humans today, but it's it's terrible, right? They're, that's against humanity. Um, when I'm okay, I they do, right? We talked about it's not it's not sacrifice in open here in the United States of America, but right. the Middle East countries and et cetera. Absolutely, a lot yeah. of things go on. But uh, yes, did God allow sacrifices? Yes, He did. Did He honor sacrifices? He did at that time. I don't understand it. Okay. Next question. Uh, wow. So that was my next question. Did, did God condone it? But originally God, I'm going to ask you this. Uh, did God uh, give us animals, give animals to the people then at that time to say, sacrifice animals? And he said, I'll take your firstborn up there and, uh, you know, get rid of them, sacrifice them. Or did he say, hey, go do with animals? <laughs> I don't mean to be rude, okay, but uh, that's a little questionable there, <laughs> okay. Well, and I know anyway, it's God, God allowed animals to be sacrificed. In fact, He sacrificed the animal, not sacrificed. He did animals and skinned them and tanned their hides and everything, and give it to uh, Adam and Eve with right. skins, and they put them on. Now, how did they get the skins? They had to. Sacrifice an animal, not sacrifice. He had to take their life, and he, because man is the ruler over nature. Never forget that. Even though some people don't believe that, and some people are vegetarians, and some people worship trees and all kinds of stuff, but God allows mankind to rule over everything that's under the sun, which is us and everyone. Okay. And we do weird things. Yes, we do. Anyway, you know, so thank you. That's all the questions because you asked, you answered that last one with your last statement. So thank you, Dad. That was amazing and wonderful. Uh, that is brought a lot of questions um, to me, but I'll talk to you about it later or maybe next time. Thank you. The, did a, I like this. It's not I like it. It's I like learning, and I'm learning. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I hope everybody learns. I hope everybody knows what God is. We worship God. God is, uh, I don't want to offend anybody, but God, people, to worship him. Now, who is God? God created everything. From what? From nothing. He snapped his fingers and he created everything. Now, who can do that? Who can... Out of nothing, when you hold your hand out like that and there's nothing there, God took that and created something. That's how powerful God is. How's her? Dora? We got to go, Dad. We're running out of time, but I've enjoyed this, and uh, we'll see We'll see everybody next Friday at 3 p.m. So if that works, okay. right? Yeah. Have a That's nice a big, day. Yeah. Everybody have a nice day. Thanks, Dad. You did great. I appreciate you this. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. God bless you. You too, Daddy dearest.